if we could, for just a few minutes, I'd like for us to exercise our imagination. And let's go back. Even further than we went back as we thought about the Lord's Supper. Go back another thousand years. It's been a very difficult time for Israel. A more barbaric time. David has come to the throne of Israel, and yet it's not been without event. In fact, for two years, David ruled over Judah, but Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, ruled over everyone else. And it took David two years to unify the kingdom. But now it's six years later, and he's moved the capital of the Jews from Hebron to Jerusalem, and he wants the Ark of the Covenant in Jerusalem. And so they're bringing the ark from Hebron to Jerusalem. It had been in the house of Abinadab for 40 years. And there's a 7.6 mile trek that it's got to take. And I want you to imagine for just a moment that you are Ohio. Your brother's name is Uzzah. Your sons of Abinadab, your family has been taking care of the ark, and you have been chosen to help drive the cart, the new cart on which the ark is going to be taken from your father's house up to Jerusalem. It's a joyous occasion. In 1 Chronicles chapter 13 and verse 8, 1 Chronicles chapter 13 and verse 8, the Scripture says, David and all Israel were celebrating before God with all their might, even with songs and with lyres, harps, tambourines, cymbals, and with trumpets. There's joy and rejoicing and things are happy. As you're traveling along, the unthinkable happens. Tragedy is about to strike. The oxen stumble and the ark is about to fall off of the cart and be desecrated there on the ground. But your brother Uzzah beside you saves the day. He reaches out and he grabs the ark and he steadies it and everything is good. You breathe a sigh of relief and then suddenly, tragedy. Fire comes from out of the sky and consumes your brother there as he stands beside you. At first it seemed as though Uzzah had saved the day, but God didn't view it that way. Because Uzzah reached out and touched the ark, which no one was to touch, God judged him. Even David was angered. Over time, he figured out what the problem was in First Chronicles chapter 15 and verse 2. First Chronicles chapter 15 and verse 2, David said, No one is to carry the ark of God but the Levites, for the Lord chose them to carry the ark of God and to minister to Him forever. But in that time and in your grief, as you strive to make sense of what's happened here and understand why did God allow this to happen, in your prayers, you're talking to God about why and, and God, look at all of these things and it just isn't fair. And what we come up with is a set of ancient excuses. Why it didn't matter. And I want us to think for just a few moments today about five excuses that we could make as, as Ohio, the brother of Uzzah, saying that, God, it should not have worked this way. If you consider this with me for just a few moments, the first one we recognize, God, Uzzah, only intended to do good. He wasn't intending to defile the ark. He wasn't intending to disobey. I mean, after all, what would you have done? The ark was about to fall to the ground. 
He intended only to do good. That seems like a great logical reason. But the problem is that it dispenses with the pattern of God. It fails to recognize that God's pattern is far more important than our intention to do good. God has a pattern, and He expects us to follow. And it's as though He says to Ohio, intentions are not the issue. My pattern is the issue. If you go back to Numbers chapter 4, you'll find that God did in fact have a pattern for dealing with the ark. In Numbers chapter 4 and verse 5, God said through Moses in Numbers 4 and verse 5, When the camp sets out, Aaron and his son shall go in, and they shall take down the veil of the screen and cover the ark of the testimony with it. And they shall lay a covering of a porpoise skin on it and shall spread over it a cloth of pure blue and shall insert its poles. Aaron's and Aaron and his sons will do this. And then if you read over in verse 15, when Aaron and his sons have finished covering the holy objects and all the furnishings of the sanctuary, when the camp is to set out, after that the sons of Koath shall come to carry them so that they will not touch the holy objects and die. These are the things in the tent of meeting which the sons of Kohath are to carry. God had a pattern. Aaron and his sons were to come in and to cover the ark. And then the sons of Kohath, a group of Levites, were to carry the ark of the covenant by its poles. It was not to be set on a cart of any kind. See, the problem is the sin here did not begin with Uzzah reaching out to touch the ark. The sin had begun when they neglected to look at God's path. We need to remember what God says in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. Your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God doesn't think as we think. And the only way we can know what God thinks is to go to the path. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12 says, There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And God is saying to Ohio, that's what Uzzah found out. To go just in intention to do good and not go back to the pattern. There's a way that seems right to a man, but it ends in the way of death. And so the second thing we might say if we were speaking to God as the brother of Uzzah, well, God, you never said that we couldn't transport the ark. Now, certainly as we look in 1 Chronicles chapter 13, we recognize David didn't understand what had happened. And so he was angered, and yet over time he had studied and he had discovered the pattern of God. And he recognized that in Numbers chapter 4, it said that the sons of Koath ought to carry the ark. But David could read the Old Covenant from front to back. He could read from Genesis to Malachi, and he could read from Malachi to Genesis. He could read every book three times, and not one single time would he ever be able to find where God said that the sons of Abinadab were not allowed to carry the ark. Not one time would he be able to find where God said that you are not allowed to transport the ark on a cart. Not one single time would you ever find that God said you can't do it this way. And you would think 
The ark has been in the house of Abinadab for 40 years. Certainly, these men who have taken care of this ark for a generation ought to be able to transport the ark of God. But that's not the way it was supposed to be. God had a pattern. And what we recognize is that when we are striving to figure out how to obey God and do things His way, we're not allowed to just do anything and everything unless God says you're not allowed to do it. We've got to go see how did God say we were allowed to do it. We can go back in Numbers chapter 4 and verse 4 and 5 and find that the sons of Aaron were supposed to go and cover the ark with a porpoise skin and then a blue linen cloth. And then the sons of Kohath were to carry it on its poles. God said, this is the way it is supposed to be done. And we're not allowed to say that we can do it some other way just because God did not then turn around and say, now, sons of Kohath, you carry it. But now you sons of Abinadab, you're not allowed. And you sons of David, you're not allowed. And you sons of Charles, you're not allowed. And you sons of Mark, you're not allowed. When He said the sons of Kohath were to carry it, that ruled out everybody else. Nobody else is allowed. When He said they're supposed to carry it by its poles, that ruled out any other method. They weren't supposed to carry it on a cart. God says to Ohio, this reason is not legitimate. The question is not, did I ever say you couldn't? The question is, where did I ever say you could? And there's the issue that we have to keep in mind. And so we say to God as we're striving to make sense of it all and wonder why this had to happen, but God, it's not fair. Uzzah didn't even know the pattern. You're holding him to a standard that he didn't even know. David didn't even know the pattern. And yet what we learn from this whole scenario is that ignorance was not an excuse. In 1 Chronicles chapter 15, verses 12 and 13, David says, in 1 Chronicles 15, verse 12 and 13, he said to them, You are the heads of the fathers' households of the Levites. Consecrate yourselves, both you and your relatives, that you may bring up the ark of the Lord of God of Israel to the place that I have prepared for it. Because you did not carry it at the first, the Lord our God made an outburst on us. But notice this last statement. For we did not seek Him according to the ordinance. What's the problem here? He said, here was the root. The real problem was not just that Uzzah reached out and touched the ark. The real problem was not that it was on the cart. The real problem was not that these Levites didn't carry it. The real problem is we didn't seek Him according to the ordinance. The pattern was there. It was written down. We could have looked it up. We could have read it, but we didn't. And because we didn't, we didn't do it God's way. And because we didn't do it God's way, God brought this outburst upon us. And I find it interesting that David didn't just view this as an outburst upon Uzzah, but as an outburst upon the Jews in general. He said, because of this, He brought this outburst on us. Because we didn't seek Him according to the ordinance. What did David learn from this? David learned, before I do anything from now on, I'm going to go back to the past. I'm going to go back to God's law. I'm going to go back to God's Word and I'm going to find out what God says about it and how is it supposed to be accomplished. And then I'm going to do it that way. Because when I don't seek Him according to His ordinance, then I'm going to do it wrong. 
until Uzzah was judged. And you know, we might think that certainly a family that had cared for the ark for 40 years could have at least once opened up what the law of God said about how to care for it. Because there it was. It was written for them. So all they had to do was read it. And then live by it. And so God says to us, Uzzah should have known the pattern. And so we say to God, but God, Uzzah loves you. Surely that's more important than just how to transport the ark. Uzzah was not an idolater. He's devoted his life, as my whole family has, to caring for this ark. We love you and we're caring for your things. We're not idolaters. We're not adulterers. Surely that's more important. I mean, come on, God. It seems a little bit like you're splitting hairs. You're nitpicking. You're majoring in minors. How important can it be to get this ark transportation thing right? Certainly. Certainly, the idea of ark transportation does not nearly seem so as important as idolatry. And no doubt, there are all kinds of laws under the Old Covenant that are graver and of more importance than ark transportation. And yet, what God demonstrated to us is that He wants things done His way. No matter how relevant they seem to us, no matter how trivial they seem to us, no matter how we judge them, He says, do it my way. I think about Leviticus chapter 10. In Leviticus chapter 10, beginning at verse 1, another situation when God had an outburst against the people. It says in Leviticus 10, Now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took their respective fire pans, and after putting fire in them, placed incense on it, and offered strange fire before the Lord, which He had not commanded them. The fire came out for the presence of the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, It's what the Lord spoke, saying, By those who come near me, I will be treated as holy, and before all the people, I will be honored. So Aaron therefore kept silent. What do we learn from this? We learn that we love God by doing things His way. Whether we know the importance or understand the importance, whether we see it as trivial or as grave, it doesn't matter. We do things God's way, and that is how God is honored. That is how we love God. When we change things to our own desires, we're not honoring God. We're not loving Him. We're loving ourselves. God says to Ahio, because of love, you should have gone back to the command and done it that way. The way I wanted it to be done. And so we say to God, but God, this was all King David's plan. Here's the king who's supposed to write a copy of the law. He didn't see anything wrong with it. Surely, with all his wisdom and his authority, that if there had been something wrong with this, he would have known. Here is this plea to higher authority. We'll go to somebody who's older than us, smarter than us, knows more than us, has more authority than us, and if they didn't see anything wrong with it, then surely there must not be anything wrong with it. In First Chronicles chapter 13 and verse 11, David became angry because of the Lord's outburst against Uzzah, and he called that place Perez Uzzah to this day. David was angered by it. How can we hold Uzzah accountable? Even David didn't know this, Lord. 
And yet what we find out is that appeals to higher authority don't change things. Somebody who's older and smarter and wiser, we still have to go back to the Word of God. Proverbs 14 and verse 12 doesn't just apply to us commoners. It doesn't just apply to us people who just have to study the Bible on our own. It applies to scholars. It applies to priests and to kings. Proverbs 14, 12, remember what it said? There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. No matter what kind of authority we have among men, no matter how old or how scholarly or how wise and smart we are, we still have to go back to God's way. He is the authority. And so we might come up with all manner of excuses for why this shouldn't have happened to us, and yet with each one, God demonstrates the real problem is I'm supposed to go back to my world. But I hope you recognize that this lesson really isn't about us. Surely you've been able to tell as we've gone through this that we're really not talking about us and our transportation. What are we talking about? We're talking about us serving God and doing things His way. We remember what it says in Romans chapter 15 and verse 4. In Romans chapter 15 and verse 4, for whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11, now these things happened to them as an example, and they were written for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. These stories that we read about under the Old Covenant, they're not just there as interesting history. They're there as examples for us, as lessons for us to learn from them. We're supposed to be instructed by them. I understand that we're not under the Old Covenant. I understand that not one single solitary time in our lives are we ever going to be worried about how to transport the Ark of the Covenant because we don't have to do that. The Ark of the Covenant is not a part of our covenant relationship with God. The laws regarding that really don't matter to us today. But what does matter? Uzzah and Ahio were covenant people with God. They were a part of His covenant family. And God had given them a law by which they were to abide. Now, we're in that same situation. We are in a covenant with Christ, with God. And He's given us His law to govern. He's given us His pattern to follow. And He expects us to follow the pattern He's given us the same way He expected David and Uzzah and Ohio to follow the pattern that He had given them. And how many times today have we heard these very same excuses offered for not going back to the Word of God? We're all just intending to do good. What matters is how sincere we are. Have we ever heard that today? Why, we can't find anywhere the Bible says we can't do this. Have we ever heard that today? Well, what really matters is just that you love God. Or everything else is not nearly as important as that. Have we ever heard that today? You heard these kind of excuses today? Why, my pastor or my priest or my preacher has been studying for 40 years, for longer than you've been alive. Surely, if there was something wrong with this, he would know about it. Have we ever heard anything like that today? 
these same excuses are offered by our denominational and religious friends all around us for doing things completely differently than we find in the Scripture. And what's sad is I even hear these very same kinds of excuses offered by brethren when they want to change the pattern of God. We must not do that. God's given us His pattern. I know there are parts that are hard to understand, but that's why we have to study. God has given us His Word. And we can look at what happened in the churches in Acts. We can look at Galatians and Corinthians and Philippians and Ephesians and all these letters and find out how God wants us to do things. It's not brain surgery. Certainly, we'll have disagreements at times that as we study, we have to work our way through. But the Bible says that we can understand. In fact, it commands us to understand. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17, Paul said in Ephesians 5 and verse 17, So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We're commanded to understand it. Certainly, God is not going to command us to do something that He has left in the realm of impossibility. We can't understand it. And we must understand it. We must go to God's pattern. And the excuses that we might offer have not been accepted for over 3,000 years. God will not begin to accept them with us. We must follow His pattern. We must do things His way. Because we do not want to have the faith that Uzzah had. So let's serve God His way, going to His Word. You think we can do that? I think we can. I think we can. Let's just study it and learn. Will you pull out your songbooks, please?